Hey there, visionaries. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. I am your host, Victoria. And this episode um, is very dear to me. If I get emotional, excuse me. But um, we're going to be talking about grief today. And I wanted to talk about this last week, but I was in California last week. It was my birthday, which is kind of why this all came up because um, I lost my I lost my my grandmother slash mom back in May. And this is like the first big thing that happened that I'm not going to see her. She wasn't going to be able to call me and wish me happy birthday. So I was having a really tough week the week of my birthday last week. And I was like, you know, I should do a podcast about it, a podcast about it. And I, I end up not doing it because I I end up going to L.A. with with three of my girlfriends. And I was like, it'll be better for me coming off of this weekend to just do a podcast with my girls. And let's let's talk about something, something that we all can kind of relate to, which was uh, pushing past fear. If you guys have not heard that episode, definitely go back and check it out. Uh, you, you hear the perspective of three totally different women. Um talk about what they've done to push past different types of things that could have possibly held them back from from moving forward. So if you haven't checked that episode out, it's called Pushing Past Fear. And that was last week. So this week, I was like, you know what, to be perfect. Now I can talk about uh, dealing with grief. Um, Now, the thing is, everybody goes through some type of loss. And each loss affects you differently. As just the way it is. So we've all lost someone and know that grief is not always just about losing someone. It could be something that you that you that you feel is important to you. Whatever you feel is important to you that you're attached to that you have a deep bond with can cause you grief whether, you know, it's a it's a dog or like you've dedicated your entire life to a job or you felt like you did it so dedicated so many years to a job. It's like whatever you have this deep bond with or connection with, whether it's someone or something can cause you can cause you grief after losing it. So but the grief that we're going to talk about today is dealing with losing someone, um, losing someone, period. And I haven't had a a death like this with my with my I guess my my losing my dad was probably a big one too but um I was I was back at work after a week this losing my losing my grandmother definitely took me out the game I can't, I can't say that a lot of things in my life stopped completely not because I wanted it to but definitely stopped stopped completely and um it, it I had to find a way out of it because it was it was taking me down so what I wanted to do was kind of there was I've I've had three major losses. I'm going to say three major. And when I say three major, meaning they sit with me, they sit with me still sometimes. And I still think about it, uh, still think about them often. Right. So, um, my first one was back in 2011. It was with my aunt. So my, my grandmother had four kids, three girls, one guy, one boy. And because my grandmother raised me, my relationship to my, my aunts and uncles are a little different. Uh, of course, one of the one of the kids is my mother, but even with, even with her being my mom, my relationship to her, I feel like is more of like sisterly than I'm her daughter. So, um, my every time we did anything for my grandmother, I was included when we bought her her first little cash truck, like planning her her birthdays. I was included, so I was almost like the fifth kid, right? So my aunt. 
being she was the she was the oldest of my of my grandmother's four children. We had a different type of relationship. She would she would like beat me up. She would like and I know it sounds terrible, but it was fun. It was like she was the fun person to beat me up. But she also like was the glue to different parts of of the family. So she created all of the like she set up all of the family reunions. By the way, we have not had one since she's passed, but she created all the family reunions. She like she was she was kind of like the glue to to to, to the family too. Uh, my grandmother's ex-husband, well, not ex-husband, because he passed. Um, and why he is not on this list is because when he passed, I was still in elementary. And, you know, I didn't really, I, I was affected, but I wasn't affected because I was still young. So that's why he's not on here. My grandmother never remarried. So anyway, uh, that part of the family, his his side of the family and my uh and my grandmother's side of the family, she kind of kept everybody together. She she was with everybody. So when I can I remember I was working and before she passed. Okay, so I remember we had so we we had church. This is when I was going to church too. We had church on Thursday nights called uh I think it was Bible study or prayer meeting or something like maybe it was Bible study slash prayer meeting. I can't remember. But um we would go every Thursday. And so I think it was drill team practice too. And I remember uh, my aunt coming to me and asking me for some she, for some money. She wasn't feeling well, and my my little cousin, her daughter, had just had a son, um, and her the son, by the way, was born on her birthday the year before. So he was born in two thousand and ten, and so um, you know he was still in diapers and pampers and everything. So he was however old, however many months that is from from June. But anyway, so. This was in February and I remember he she asked me for uh some some money and for some pampers and some milk or something something simple and I was like in my head I I had the money this this, this is probably why it hurt me the most too <laughs> cuz I had the money but I really didn't have to give so I was like well I don't really have it you know cuz you know I I was always told if you know if you if you can't give it to give, like not get it back, then don't give it. So that's, that was my thought process. So I was like, no, I don't have it. And she was, and she told me she like, she really needed it, but I didn't, I didn't have it. So I told her no or whatever. And you know, she was saying she wasn't feeling well. Well, that next morning, uh, at about four or five o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call from my cousin and she says, murder's just passed. And it's, 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 it's strange when it's strange when someone calls you and like, again, I was asleep. Of course, it was five o'clock in the morning. I was asleep. And for you to have like a not so great because she didn't take me not having the money very well. Oh, it's nothing. She was a little she was a little tough one, but she didn't take it well. So I don't know. I, I guess I felt that that um, like, dang, what if like how? Like, did I stress her out? Like, there's so many things that go through your head and then you, you're hit with, this can't be for real. And so when I, when we lost her, I, I, I did just take like my, my, my simple bereavement. I was only out for like three days, but it was hard. It was weird. And my little cousin, she was, she was 16, turning 17. She turned 17 that year. And she had this newborn and my grandmother, you know, she had 
me and then I had Nadia and like we're already living together. My mom had already moved in. And so now we have my little cousin who is, by the way, crazy. Like she was rightfully so. Okay, rightfully so. She had just lost her mother. And but you know what's so crazy? I never understood I didn't, I didn't get it. I'm like, why is she acting like this? Okay. We lose people. We lose people. And, and, and I I know that sounds very insensitive, but I I guess I felt like after a month or two, you should have like just bounced back from it. But that goes to show, and I'm going to go through this little, the stages in a minute, but sometimes people get stuck in a certain stage and they don't know how to get out of it. And I felt like I was there at one point too, when I lost my, my grandmother. So, um, but yeah, when I lost my, my aunt, it was really tough. And then like going back to church was hard. Uh, they would sing a song that, cause she had these songs. They got the word, they got the word, they got the word anyway. But that was like my song. My, my uncle sing that song and just turn the house up. Um, and she had another song that she used to sing that I loved. And so when they would sing those songs, it would it'd just be hard for me. And then, but as time went on, you know, you just get better. Right. And so that was, that was that one. I had my grandmother there for me on that one. My grandmother was a soldier, you know, just burying your child is, I'm sure is not something that you would ever want to do. I, I couldn't, I don't even want to think about if Nadia passed before I, I don't even want to think about it because I don't know what, yeah, my grandmother was a soldier. And then, um, I didn't grow up with my father. So I met my, and just kind of tell you a couple of times that I did speak, that I did meet him when I was seven Living in South Dallas with my grandmother and my grandfather, my dad, my little sister, and his wife came to visit. And there's a whole story behind that from what I was told. But they came to visit to, I guess, visit to see if I was his or just to see me. I don't know. But he came to South Dallas. At the time, he lived in Pasadena, California. And um, that was the last time I seen him after that. So he came. He left. And then when I was 12, I remember I was washing dishes at my mom's house and he called my aunt, Sophronia, and my aunt gave him our number and he told me he was coming to Dallas and he wanted to see me again. That's when I was 12 and I didn't see him. And then I didn't hear from him anymore after that. That was when I was 12 years old or maybe 11. I was young and um, I didn't hear from him anymore after that. It was it was definitely before I was 12. It, I was I was, I think I was probably in sixth grade. So whatever grade, however old you you are when you're in in sixth grade. So that was the last time I um, talked to him. Well, in 2000 and the end of 2007, beginning 2008, I was working for this, this job. I hope this doesn't get me in trouble, but we had Lexus Nexus and I, and I had little things about him that I knew like his birthday, his full name. And I searched for him. I searched for him and I got all these phone numbers and I just never called them. And then in 2008, I, I just decided, you know what? I'm going to find him. I'm going to talk. I'm going to see who I who this person is. I want to meet him. I want to know who my dad is. So in 2008, um, well, the end of 2007, the beginning of 2008, I called all the numbers. And then one number was connected to this lady named Connie. And I had been so defeated because um, I had also hired somebody to look for him and they couldn't find him either. And the reason was because my dad name birth name was Paul Bent, Paul Donovan Bent, but he changed it to Ramsey's Baba. So 
yeah, that's probably why it was hard for us to find him. So anyway, got on the phone with Connie. By this time, I'm defeated. And, I, you know, I was like, yeah, sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry to bother you. I was looking for my for my father. And his name is, you know, Paul Bent. But I'm, I said, I'm sure I got the wrong number. And she's like, well, my, I have a brother named Paul Bent. And I'm like, yeah, but my dad's name is Paul Donovan Bent. I'm sure it's not the same thing as your brother. My brother. And she's like, no, my brother's name is Paul Donovan Bent. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, my, my dad was like into martial arts and photography. I'm like, I'm, I'm sure it's not the same person. And then at that time she says, well, honey, I was like, she was like, maybe we are talking about the same person. What's your name? And I was like, I told her my name and she was like, well, we don't talk to him as much because he changed his name and he's kind of him and his uh, family t- kind of uh, took themselves away from the family. She was like, but I can, she's like, we usually talk on Mondays or whatever day she said, um, let me, you know, uh, reach out to him and maybe send him an email and then I can leave him your number if he wants to call you. He can. I said, perfect. So about two days later, I get a phone call and it's my dad. I am so nervous. I'm like, I don't know why. It's just, I couldn't believe it happened. And he came to see me the following week he helped me buy a car. Like we had a great relationship. So in 2008, we developed a relationship. He met my daughter. Like we would, I, he introduced me to my, um, now the sisters that, so I have five sisters. Um, so two of them he had with, with one woman he had, and he had three with his wife. Uh, but his, you know, they don't, his wife didn't allow outside influences. So I don't know those three, but I keep in touch with the two, uh, the other two on, on Facebook and Instagram. But at this time, I don't think we had, I think we had Facebook. We didn't have Instagram, but, um, yeah. So I met one of my sisters and, uh, at the time her name was Raquel. And so, <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was going great. You know, it was going well. And then, um, because I didn't grow up with him, there was some things that were going on in his life, but he was he was open to me to talking to me about him. He liked my religion, he liked my faith, and he he felt like I could help him through. So there be there were some things that he went through. He he kind of dabbled in he started dabbling in drugs. And my my dad was very smart. He had a doctorate. He was working on his second doctorate. He worked for like Microsoft forever, and he met somebody um, and. They he tried to get them off of drugs and he showed them that it wasn't addictive. So he tried it and he couldn't stop. So because of that, he ended up losing his job. Um, his house was kind of going through, you know, foreclosure. He his marriage was going down. He like there was a lot of things that was hidden, hitting him. And he would he would express those things to me. And I've. I've been around people on drugs, so I know that sometimes you just, they have to come out of it. Let's just say that there's nothing that you can do that's going to allow, that's going to stop someone from, from doing any kind of substance that's, that's, that is, that is harming them, whether it's alcohol, uh, being in a relationship that's, that's abusive verbally, physically, whatever. There's nothing you can do that's going to bring them out. They have to, the person has to. And so anyway, um, he asked me for money before I gave it to him. And then he asked me for money again for something for the three sisters. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I don't, 
I, I don't trust to give you any money, but if you can just have them call me, I will. I'll give it to them is what I told him. And he didn't like that. We got he got mad at me, um, which is fine because I, I, you know, I knew he would come back around or I would just give him some space to to breathe and I would come back around. Well, come back around never happened. He took his life. My dad killed himself in June. And uh, yeah, my sister called and told me. So um, he he passed June 29th and I didn't even call him and wish him happy Father's Day. So that hit me really hard because I felt like if I was just there to talk to him, if like there are so many things that you say to yourself, like this could be my fault. This is why. It, but there's you can't you can't do that to yourself. But this is just some of the stuff that was going on in my head. And I was like, I didn't even call him wish him happy Father's Day. So then I had like so much guilt. I went into a depression, like a deep depression. Like I didn't come out my room and I have a daughter. So just imagine that I didn't come out my room. I didn't go to work. I, I was sitting. I was in a room dark with the doors closed. Like I was out of it. And I remember my grandmother saying, baby, you have to move. You have you have to get up is what she was saying. And I, I like my sister even would call me sometimes and just and just cry. And with suicide, you you always feel like, why didn't they talk to me? Why didn't they talk to me? That was that was the easy way out. I can't believe they did that. Like, and, but you can't even you can't even fault them because you you really don't know what was going on in their head, right? Who are you to say um, they should have they shouldn't have done that? Who are you? You know, and that's one of the things that me and my sister was talking about. We were, you know, she was she was telling me how um, she was she was upset. With, I was upset with him. I was mad. I was like, like you took you took yourself from me, you know, and so um, I. I didn't go to work for probably a week and maybe a, maybe a week and a couple of days with when I lost my father. And that was in 2014. So we had like six years or seven years together. And now and I think about it like, OK, in hindsight, now I think about it, I'm glad that I made those phone calls. Because what if I would have waited in 2015? What if I would have waited until July of 2014 and he wasn't? he wasn't here anymore, but I did get six, seven good years. I'm, I was able to meet a sister. Like he was able to meet my, my daughter. Like we had a good, we had a good relationship and I'm not, I'm giving you these examples of people that really, really touched me after at, when they passed. But of course I've had deaths between them. But like I said in the beginning, everybody's passing affects you differently. Uh, it's a different type of grieving for each person. Look, my aunt took me a few days. Was I over her in three days? No, I just kind of went through those stages kind of quick and I was able to kind of bounce back and get back to work. Was I hurting still? Of course, but I was able to move. My my dad took me a little bit longer. It took me like a week and a half. Now, you know, do I still think about him? Yes. Like all the time he's my, you know, it just took longer, you know? And, and it's just like, I still had to go through those stages, but it just took longer. And I maybe stayed in a certain stage a little longer than the other. The, the biggest, the biggest, 
death in my life so far. And I'm 35 years old, so I still have death that's going to come. I know that. But the biggest one as of right now is my grandmother. And the relationship that my grandmother and I had, it no one, I can't even explain it in words. She was my rock. She was my, and I hate to say my heart because I had my daughter too, but she was every, she, she was my why. She was, her and my daughter was, was it for me. They were the reasons that I wanted to be successful because I wanted to make sure their lives, not even because of myself, it was because of them. The, the crap that I put her through growing up, I wanted to, I wanted to do better for her. Like the dependence that I had on her, I wanted to become independent for her. Like there were so many things that I wanted to do for her. Um, her and her death was, it was abrupt. It, it abrupt. It wasn't like, oh, she's sick. You know, she has cancer and she's going to die in three months. It wasn't anything like that. Or she's been sick for a year. It wasn't nothing like that. My grandmother was, was, I, it's of course not healthy. She had high blood pressure, diabetes and stuff like that. But as far as her movement, like she was good. She was, you know, and so when, um, when April, it was like the end of April, beginning of May, when she went to the doctor for the first time, I, I'm, I'm, so I lived in Irving my whole life and I didn't see, like, we talked all the time, but we didn't, I didn't see her like all the time because I didn't like driving. And so when my daughter, uh, got, was getting ready when she got, uh, when she became a senior and I started my, my business in, in November, I was like, okay, I'm moving to Dallas. There's no point of me being in Irvin anymore. You're going to be, it's going to be your last year in school. I'm going to do this business. I'm not going to need to be in Irving because there's no, no job is here. My job is everywhere. Let's move to Dallas and let's get some roommates. So I moved in with me and my cousins and I got to live closer to my grandmother. So we moved here at the end of March. So I was seeing her all the time. I remember I would see her and she'd be like, I am so glad you moved to Dallas. I'm so glad you're doing this business because I get to see you all the time. She can call me and it didn't matter. I was there, you know. And so at the end of, let's say, May, when she got, she got, she went to the hospital for the first time. Um, I, I, you know, I went down there not thinking much of it. Just, you know, my, my mom said that she was, she was, um, she was weak and she, they took her to the hospital. So I took her to the hospital, uh, come to find out she needed a blood transfusion because she had been bleeding and for whatever reason. And so they gave her a blood transfusion. And when I walked in, the, and I've never seen my grandmother look like this. When I walked into the hospital, I was, I was, I just broke into tears, you know, and she was like, oh, baby, I'm gonna be okay. And I was like, I know it's just, I don't like seeing you like this. And so um, they sent her home like a couple of days later, make sure her, her blood levels were fine. Sent her home a couple of days later. And, um, like four days after that, you know, the church was t- saying that she was looking, looking ill. And I called my uncle, I called my mom, I called my aunt and I'm like, we need to force her to go to the hospital. Like, cause she doesn't like, she didn't like going to the hospital. So I was like, we need to force her make sure she's good. Like, Y'all didn't think she was good before, but she needs to go. So my aunt drove over and forced her to go to the hospital. And they they found out that um, they, they, they kept her because she had something, some kind of sepsis or something inside of her blood. And it was like, well, let's figure out what that is and why it's there. So they kept her for like three or four days again. And then they sent her home. And then the last time she went, 
that's when everything took took a toll. So uh, the third time she went, um, she got rushed because, oh, I'm sorry. The second time she went, they also figured out that she needed to go on dialysis. So she um, she went on dialysis. She went on dialysis and. That third time she went, she went because she she had a heart attack at the dialysis center. And all of this happened within three weeks of each other. So that last time I went and I went to the hospital every time she went. So in in I stayed. And so um, this last time she went, when I seen her, I, it looked like she had given up. It looked like she was tired. And I and I and I just said I just and I just wanted her to just fight is what I wanted. I wanted her to fight. And so the day that she passed, I remember my my mom calling me and she was like, she's, she was screaming. She was like, she's gone. She's gone. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, mama, she's gone. She's gone. Like, I said, don't say that. Don't, don't say that. That, That's not true. That's not true. And, uh, I, I rushed to the hospital and she was gone. They kept, they kept her, they kept on bringing her back but by the time that my uncle had, you know, given the the don't do it no more, my grandmother had, you know, they was they had fractured so many uh, rib her ribs was fractured. She just had so much going on with the inside of her body because of them, you know, keeping keep on bringing her kept bringing her back. So um, yeah, that that when when she passed, I didn't I didn't know I actually couldn't move on. So I understood at that moment what my cousin was going through in 2011. I got it. I understood because I didn't even realize if I, I didn't know if I was going to be here. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know. Like, I was in these stages of grief, which first stages is denial. Okay. You're going through these stages at, at different paces. You just, you don't know which stage you're going to be in or how long you're going to be in that stage or, or whatever. Right. So that first stage is, is denial. Like you're denying, you don't, you don't even know, like this can't, this is not happening. Like when my mom told me, I'm like, like, don't say that she's gone. You're numb to the situation. And you know, you're, you're trying to figure out what's next for me. How do I move on from this? Or can I even move on from this? Or why should I even move on from this? You're shocked. You're trying to figure out, you know, how to cope or how is it? How can you even survive? Is it possible to even survive from this? And mind you, I do have my daughter. Right. But the connection, the bond that I had with my I used to always tell her, like, God, gonna have to take me before he takes you. There's no way I'm gonna live, be able to live if you're not here. And she used to be like, well, what do you think is going to happen to me if you passed? I couldn't bury you. So we would talk about stuff like that. And I, I'm like, you're going to live forever. There's no way. There's no way. So you, you go through that stage. And then after you pass that stage, you're angry. You're like, you know, how could you leave me? Why didn't you fight? You know, like, was I not good enough? Like, what? What? Now you're mad. You're mad at yourself. You're mad at God. You're mad at the person that passed. Like, what what is it like you know you you just you're just mad you know it's the 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 pain is so overwhelming you have you have that anger and and again maybe these stages you kind of shoot through them or you kind of bounce in between but the the anger 
in the depression part, I was going back and forth with my grandmother. My grandmother passed in May, but I didn't start getting my life back until the the end of August, beginning of September, which is recent because today is October. Today is October the 18th. So this is this is recent for me, which is one of the reasons why this is taking so long for me to do, because, you know, I, I had to be right. I ha- I had to be right. So you have the anger, you, you're going through the anger and then and then it's it's like you have this this bargaining thing. Like, you know, if w- with my grandmother, when she was when she before she was um, pronounced dead, I was like I was praying. I'm like, God, if you could just. Like, I'll do whatever. It doesn't matter. Just just bring my mom back. Bring her back. She's a fighter. She can she can do this, you know, or even like like sleeping a lot. You may sleep more. You may not want to get up, not even sleep more. You just don't want to get out of the bed because you you just can't move on. You know, if if only if only I had of then this wouldn't have. But it's not really up to you because death is. Death is going to happen. There's nothing that you can do to to change it. And then you have like I went through a depression with my with my mom and my grandmother passing. And with my with my dad, it didn't last that long. But like I say, with my mom, I dude, I started I started looking at looking into like different people, like psychics, different mediums. Like I was going to people doing tarot card readings, like just chakra healings like I was I was doing so much just so that I can not be so numb or uh not and I think it was because I was aware that I was this been so long I mean you're looking at the your bank account decline you're looking at your life taking a decline your health because you're barely eating like everything and and I would do because I have friends so I would do stuff and on the outside I could I could have a smile on my face and on the inside I could be in so much pain. And it wasn't until my acceptance acceptance didn't come, like I said, until the end of August, beginning of September. And what happened was I went to the last psychic. And I and I may have said this in one of the other um podcasts, but I went to a uh I went to a psychic and she told me that my chakras was off. Didn't know what that was, so I went and Googled. She told me that I was in pain. I was hurting in my heart. And then I had a friend that that is into like the tarot card reading. And he was like, you need to deal with your pain. Your heart chakra needs to be fixed or closed or opened. Or I forgot what the words that he said. And so I started Googling it, doing a lot of YouTubing. And what I found was meditation. Now, I've heard of, of course, everybody's heard of meditation. Yes, yes, yes. But I took it to another level. So I, so I, okay, so I found meditation and I started doing a guided meditation. But when I did the meditation, listening to the music that I was listening to, and I say guided, but there was no words. It was just like soft music that dealt with, it was like a, a, um, a frequency that, that dealt with your heart chakra that I would listen to. And when I listened to it, I would, um, I would just think about like my heart and just healing it like healing my heart from the inside just thinking about it had my eyes closed and I just would focus on it for like 10 minutes and I would bawl and I didn't stop it I would just cry and cry and the reason I did this was because guys I could not move on 
there would be times that my daughter would come into the room just to hold me because I was crying so loud. Like not because I was trying to, but I just could not. I couldn't see. I couldn't see the light. So, um, like I said, the acceptance part came when I found the um, the meditation and I would I would meditate 10 minutes a day every morning and I would just focus on my heart and I would cry and I would cry. And then one day I wasn't crying anymore. And I went from 10 minutes to 15 minutes and then I got into yoga and then so I would meditate and then do yoga. And then I would meditate, do yoga, and then I would read something that would help my mind. And so I have been doing that faithfully since the end of August. And do I still have moments? Yes. Like I said last week, my um, my birthday was Friday and she used to, she used to sing to me. And by the way, my mom called me. And so, I don't know if my mom knew that my grandmother sung to me, but my mom called me and she sung to me and it it, she doesn't know I cried, but I cried <laughs> because I'm like, that was my grandmother. She came through you. I know it. I know it because you don't never call me and sing to me on ha- my happy birthday ever. You call me or text me and you say happy birthday. But this year you sung. So I take I, I know that was her spirit in her singing to me. So but I I am in acceptance stage. But and. One of the psychics did tell me that it could take up to a year, sometimes longer. If and the reason I'm talking about this is because you need to realize you need to figure out what stage of grief you're in. Because you're going to have to go through the stages. That's the thing. You're going to have to. You can't force it. It's nothing you can do to force it. But being aware of where you are in the stages Sometimes counseling helps to me. For me, it didn't because I, I just kept looking. I, I probably spent anywhere about, I probably spent about $800 just going to counsel to like different. I went to a life coach. I went to a, and the rest of them was psychics and stuff like that. But I spent probably about $800. And it wasn't until I started, you know, my inner peace. I did. I prayed. I like I did everything that I thought was the way I was supposed to do it to because I didn't what I didn't want to happen was the depression I went through with my father. But I knew that I was in a depression, but I just needed to figure out how to get out. And I didn't want to keep breaking down like I would have a good day and I could be driving and I have to pull over because I'm crying so hard. Like I didn't want to be I wanted to be strong. But there's nothing you can do that's, that's going to get you through it until you uh, be, until you recognize where you are. And so I, I wanted to t- I wanted to touch on this because, again, those stages, denial, anger, bargaining with if I did this, if only I had, then this would have happened. There's nothing that you could have done. Depression and then just the acceptance and ex- acceptance doesn't mean that you're over that death of that person. Acceptance is knowing that, you know what, this person have moved on in their, their physical form has left. They, they Their spiritual form has spiritual uh, life has left their physical form and. I'm okay with that because I know that they're still watching over me. I know that they're still here in my in my space, uh, just not in the physical. And so just know that just because you accept the fact that the person has passed does not mean that 
you're over their death or you're over them. You know, I had even said, and I know it sounds crazy, but I had even said, cause I, my, we have, I have a little cousin and he's one and he knows Gigi, he knows Gigi, but I would even say like, I, I, I know afterwards I said, man, I, I'm jealous of him. I'm jealous of him because he doesn't have my hurt, but he knew her. But then I'm like, well, I had her. I had her for 34 years and I wouldn't give that. I wouldn't give that up in the world. She made me who I am. She created she through God used her to create to create the human that I am. And and um, I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't want to give that up. So I hope you guys got something from this 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 um, this podcast because it's deep. You know, it's it's um, something that, again, all of us go through. Um, it's something that we, we all deal with differently. And I, I feel like if we could just, again, just be aware of where we are in the process, maybe it'd help a little bit. I'm not saying it's going to, it's going to change every step, but maybe, maybe it would help just a little bit. Okay. And then one thing I want to leave with you guys is, um, whatever the mind can't conceive and believe it can achieve with a positive mental attitude. It's one of the books that I'm reading. I'm reading two books right now. Uh, one is Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziani. And the other one is um, the po- a Positive Mental Attitude. And it's, it's written it's written with Napoleon Hill and he has a co-writer. Um, but I, what, it, what it is, now that I'm reading it, it's, I think it's a person that's actually just putting things that they both did together. Uh, Andrew Carnerich, Carnerich, uh, that they both did together and just kind of, uh, it's, it's more like an interview type of book. Uh, but yeah, it's called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. And I'm going to say that quote again, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve through a positive mental attitude. Whatever state you're in right now, you do not have to stay there. Again, even if the grief is losing a dog, because I, I, I have lost a dog, which is probably one of the reasons why I don't like dogs. I like them, but ugh, they're just like people. And when they pass, it's tough. <laughs> so, um, or a job or whatever, whatever it is that you're attached to and you lose and you're, you're going through a grieving process, you don't have to stay in that state if you don't want to. Um, because it can, like I said, looking at, at these last five months of my life and just getting it back on track, you know, I look back now and I'm like, dang, I should have started, started working again early because I'm self-employed. So I, I wasn't making money while I was, but I wasn't even thinking about that. I didn't care. I was, I didn't even know if life was going to continue for me. So I just, um, I just want you guys to know that you don't have to stay there. Talk to somebody, you know, call a, you know, a grief hotline, just have friends or write. Also, what I did was I wrote in my, I wrote in a journal, all of my feelings. I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, talk to God, talk to whoever you need. Meditate. I really believe in meditation. I believe in yoga. I believe in that stuff now because I've been through it and it helped me. Um, Send me an email if you have any questions. Uh, if you if this brought up any questions for you, definitely inbox me or send me a message on Instagram, Victoria underscore Brazil. 
And again, each and every Monday at 10 a.m., you can always look forward to a podcast from Visionaries of Life because we are all visionaries. Every single this, this podcast is for all of us, all of us to grow through just mentally, physically, emotionally, wealth, like just being the best us we can be. So I appreciate the time that you guys give me. And I hope this help, this episode helped helped you or maybe you can send it to somebody that it can help. And look forward to speaking with you guys next Monday. You guys be visionary.